Amen, amen. Happy New Year. Feliz Año Nuevo. Feliz Año Nuevo, Nuevo. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> want to say hello. We want to say hello to everybody watching East County, North County, uh, uh, San Isidro, on our microsites, and all the people around the world online. Let's give them a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless you. Happy New Year. Today is the first Sunday of 2015. Amen. And we are going to challenge you uh, today in a very fresh way to, to make sure this year is not like last year or the year before. Amen. And I, I want to pray that God will repair your hearts. So we're very excited about what's going to happen this year. Um, amen. So let's get this party started and get on our knees and pray to God. Lord, thank you so much for being God, and thank you so much for being faithful. And Lord, I, I pray that you would stir um, our hearts. I pray your presence would be known by us in a very special, unique way, and that every person here, uh, those who believe and don't believe, that you would make your presence known to them and your love known to them. And Lord, I pray for people who are even mad at you right now and mad at the church and just full of anger and resentment, I pray you would love them to death today. I pray you would, beyond the shadow of a doubt, reveal the fact that you really love them and you have something better for them and that the enemy is not people, it's the devil. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see your Bibles. Let's see your Bibles. Say word. And let's see your pens. I asked you to bring pens today. If you, let's see your pens. Amen. Um, e, oh, I got I to gotta give a shout out to someone. Uh, Gil Miranda, uh, the Puller team, they arrive at, at storage facilities 5 a.m. on our San Ysidro site. And they get all the equipment and they bring it up to the, to the church. We want to say thank you to Gil and give Gil a big hand down in San Ysidro. God bless y'all. God bless you. We have, we have amazing volunteers all over the church. We can't do what we do without amazing volunteers. So we want to say thank you to Gil uh, for being faithful, brother, and getting up early in the morning, way before the sun comes up. Uh, this morning the moon was up bright. Y'all see the moon? It was like, it was, oh, by the way, y'all weren't up that early. It was bright, full moon last night. So um, if you have a, how many of you have a pen? How many of you have a pen? Raise your hand. Very good. How many of you do not have a pen? Okay, you could share, you could share, and maybe you might meet your significant future other, your future significant other. It's happened before. Um, I played for the Chargers 1982 to 1985. We had then the most dynamic offense ever, probably in history of the NFL. We had, <laughs> we, <laughs> I didn't mean that as a slight on the Chargers today, I meant through the whole NFL, if you take all the teams in the NFL, it was one of the most exciting offenses ever. Don Coriel, Air Coriel, he was a genius mastermind, our coach at the time. And Dan Fouts was the quarterback. Uh, we had Kellen Winslow, we had Wes Chandler, we had Charlie Joyner and all these amazing receivers. Um, but we had three tight ends. Kellen Winslow was the starter. And if, if you're young and you know that name, you know his son who played in the NFL. 
But Kellen Winslow, the dad, was a starting tight end. Then we had another tight end called uh, Eric Sievers. And then the third string tight end who didn't, who didn't play a whole lot, even though we did use him, was a guy named Pete Houlihan, who actually had the best hands on the whole team. And if you ask anybody in the offense who can catch the best, they would all go Pete. Matter of fact, we called him Sweet Pete because he could just catch stuff. He would literally catch the ball like this, boom, boom. Boom, boom, behind his head. It, did, it didn't matter where the ball was. He'd just throw his hands up and he would catch it. So I went up to him one day. I said, Pete, how do you do that? I mean, you know, there's got to be a trick that you have and I want to know what it is because I want to catch better than I do now. And he said, the first thing I do is make sure I see the ball before the defender so I can position my body in front of the defender so I can get the ball. So I have to see it first. I, mean, I can't let him see it before me. And so I can take advantage of me knowing where it's coming from to position my body to catch the ball. Today I want to share with you what we're going to do for the year so you see the ball coming. And I don't want you to come week and week, especially if you come not every week, which a lot of people do, come every other, every once a month or whatever. One, I want you to come every week, but I want you to know today what we're going to do this year, big picture, and I want you to position your heart to receive it. Because some of the stuff we're going to challenge you to do this year may be scary for you. And we'll get to that in a minute. It's not really anything to be scared of, but it may be new. And I want you to start praying about it now because it's very biblical. It's something we need to do. And I want you to start praying about it now. And at the end of the service, we're going to have a collective prayer. And I'm going to ask you to stand up as a collective group. Say, I'm in. Now, some of you may be here for the first time. You're like, I mean, let me check the rock out. It's a perfect Sunday for you to check it out. Because after you hear all this, you may say, I don't want to do that. And then you know you don't need to waste your time coming. You can go to another church that is really fit for what God has called you to do. I don't know what that would be. But, that's, you know, you, you'll, you'll at least know. Because I, I'm sure there's people who go to church at different churches and they have a battle with their church. You don't need to do that. Just make sure you're somewhere where God wants you and then you deal with God. Okay, but so I want to tell you what the, the, the year is about. And then if we can all get on the same page about what we're going to do, then the ministry that's going to happen is going to be ridiculous. So first thing I'm going to do is give a, a, pre, a, a review of what happened last year, some, a few things that happened last year. And then we're going to get into this year. Um, and then you have in your lesson plan, if you can get your lesson plan out and your pen and your Bible, Mark chapter 9. Your lesson plan, your Bible, Mark chapter 9 and your pen. And I'm going to ask you to write stuff in the lesson plan, and, and then I'm going to ask you to take the lesson plan home so you can look at what you wrote and think about it because it's going to apply to stuff that we're going to do through the whole year. Okay, Mark chapter 9. Okay, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Let me, let me review some things that happened this year. Uh, first, we started the San Ysidro campus. Let's give the San Ysidro campus a big hand. God bless y'all. Campus doing great. They got about 1,000 people there every week, which is ridiculous when the average church is 96 people. That's amazing. Uh, and the volunteers down there are amazing. Uh, next thing, we, we had Toys for Joy, 17,000 toys y'all gave, and we gave out throughout the three locations. Uh, the next one is uh, 210,000 hours worth, $4.5 million of volunteer service to our county. And that was what y'all did. Amen. God bless you. 
And then we have 14,000 average attendance of 14,676. And then in the campuses, 298 in the micro sites around San Diego. Another 4,600 people watching online. And uh, just, so, just so you know, amen. This is the most important one right here. 12,000 people got saved last year. Let's give a hand on that. Amen. I want to put it in perspective. The average church is 96 people. The average church has one person per 100 get saved a year. That's less than one a year get saved. That is, that is, that is a big deal. That's 12,087 12, souls, 12,087 families that have been impacted. To whom much is given, amen, to whom much is given, much is required. We've been given a lot. That's less people that come to church here. My prayer this year is that this year, 2015, will blow that number away. Because if we all did a little bit, amen, and we're going to talk about it. So, you know, keeping track of that stuff is very important for us to know if we're reaching more people and being more efficient with it and, and, and stretching the dollar that you, you guys give us and all the resources we have to get as many people stay as possible. Uh, we don't want to just have services to have services. So we track a lot of stuff. Amen? Okay. So what we're going to look at now is this year. And, again, I want you to get your lesson plan out because I'm going to ask you to write some stuff down. And just know that what you're writing down, you are going to keep. We're not going to ask it, collect it from you, but it's just for you to know. And just for you to say, well, you'll see what it is in a minute. First, in January, we're going to do a series called To Be Determined, which is starting today. It is to be determined how much you're involved. It's to be determined what God does in your life and how faithful you are. We'll talk more about that series at the end of today's message. Uh, in February, we have two things happening. We, have, uh, we are going to combine the evening services to one. The five and the seven is going to become a six o'clock service. And we're going to, that service will be a little longer. There will be more time to hang out after. And we'll have some other features in that service. And we want, to, we want to go after college students. And so if you look in your notes, here's what I want you to write down, if you so will, is that the impact of that service is, is to be determined. We don't know if it's, you know, if it'll grow. We hope it'll grow when we combine the two eating services, but it's to be determined. Uh, I want you to write down, if you will, I, and then put your name in the space, am committed to praying for that service. What's ironic is that, you know, different people come to different services, whether it be 8, 10, 12, and then you have your own campus, Point Loma, San Ysidro, East County, without realizing that there, there are right now um, 18 services, well, 18, 35, carry four, 53 services that are happening around San Diego of the church you go to every Sunday. And obviously you don't know all those people. And so we need to be praying for the other campuses and other services. And so uh, if you come in the morning, this service is happening at night. There's people here all day doing services in all the campuses. So we want to pray for those services because we're going to combine two. That we started this church in the year 2000 with two night services and one morning service in one location. Now we have 18 services in a bunch of locations. And so it's grown, but the two services at night was the foundation of the church. Now we're going to collapse them. It's kind of breaking my heart because that's how we started, but so be it. But that's what we're going to do. So we're going to pray for that transition. Amen. In February, we're going to go on a 21-day fast. How many of you have never fasted more than um, uh, lunch? <laughs> How many of you have never fasted a week? Okay. Raise your hand real high, real high. 
Okay, so, so therefore, if I start going two and three weeks, this is going to be crazy. So if you haven't fasted a week, okay, then I know you haven't fasted two weeks, three weeks. We're going to fast three weeks. Now, you could fast, you could say, I'm just going to fast coffee, I'm going to fast sweets, breads, grains, whatever it is. But I'm going to give something up so I can grow closer to God. And you may need to fast television because that's distracting you from God. You may, you may need to fast social media because you're like this all day. You walk through the airport, or really anyway, the mall, and you see groups of people, and they're all like this. And nobody's talking. Actually, they're talking to each other. Social media, is nothing wrong with it. To have it, it's just wrong when it has you. And the devil will use it to destroy relationships. So uh, when you fast whatever you want. The pastors here are going to fast 40 days. We're going to start in January and go all the way to March 1st. Uh, if you want to join that, you can... Just stop eating on January 21st. You'll be good. Uh, in your notes, <laughs> the, uh, don't literally just stop eating on January. Get counsel on your fast, okay? Uh, in your notes, the impact of your fast is to be determined. So write down, if you're interested, I am interested in participating in a three-week fast. Just write it down. You're going to keep this information. But I want you to think about it now. I want you to start praying about it now. Because if you start praying about it now, something spiritual is going to happen in your life now. Someone once asked me, what does stop eating food have to do with your spiritual life? I said, stop eating and you will find out. <laughs> but you will also find out when you start to pray about stop eating. Mark 9, a father had a demon-possessed son. He brings his son to Jesus. Disciples, they pray for the son, nothing happens. Jesus comes, prays for the son, the demons jump out of him, and the disciples say to Jesus, how come we couldn't do that? And in Mark chapter 9, verse 29, Jesus says, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. There are certain things in your life that won't happen unless you pray. And then to take it to another step level, another level, unless you fast. And there are strongholds that the devil has in your life. I say the devil metaphorically of evil, Christian or not. You're not demon-possessed, but don't mean a demon can't lie to you consistently. And there's strongholds in your life about your image of yourself, how you view yourself, how you view the world, how you feel like you're a victim. You're never going to get ahead. God's never going to bless you. You can't stop watching pornography, whatever it is. And there's a, there's a spiritual... <clears throat> And you can get counseling all you want. You can wish upon a star all you want. You've got to pray that bad boy off your life. It's spiritual. And sometimes it comes through fasting. I, I've been on three 40-day fasts, two or three, I can't remember, and multiple other fasts. I can honestly tell you there is nothing like it in the world. There is nothing close. I've been high. I, I got high for eight years. So I understand being in a different state. There is nothing like being on a fast. For you to understand the spiritual world. My first fast, I went to 40 days. My last 10 days, I lost 20, 30 pounds. I was 150 pounds. I was all nasty. And my wife was not, she wasn't having none of that. <laughs> I was all crusty and ashy. And she was like, can't you see me in a month, okay? And my last 10 days, I traveled to, and I went from the... Um, uh, I think it was a day after Christmas to February 4th. I think that was my window. 
40 days, if that's, that's about 40 days. And I was in Indiana, Marion, Indiana, where it was 30 something below the zero. I was in Pennsylvania with the Amish. I remember being with the Amish or somewhere where there's Amish people. And it was cold and I had no meat on my bones. So I was just like freezing and I was carrying my juicer. And, and I, was, I was traveling for 10 straight days speaking between day 30 and day 40 of my fast. The reason I tell you that is because I don't want you to think if I go, you're going to fast, you're going to be like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> you are going to feel more alive and free than you ever felt. And the last day, the day 39, I was speaking in Marion, Indiana at the university there, and, it, and I felt like I, I was, would never die. I felt already in heaven. It's amazing. So I say all to say, um, I want you to start praying. Hey, Lord, I'm, I want to I fast. And I want to fast because I want to see God do something supernatural in my life. Ball's coming. It's coming. Okay? Write your name down. Okay? Uh, next one is April or March. We are going to uh, launch an app called Gospel Central. Okay, how many of you in here would say that you uh, need, would like to learn how to share your testimony and your faith better than you do now? Raise your hand. Okay, very good. That's another way of saying that you're not doing it now. <laughs> and that's okay. I mean, it, it is the most important story you know. A lot of Christians will share a Bible study because they'll tell you, oh, here's what should be. The Bible says you need to be doing this, you should be doing this. Your testimony is what is. You need to know what is and be able to talk about it. In this app, you're going to be able to meet somebody in the street or anybody you want, anybody you meet. And, and let's say you meet a, a young lady who says, you don't understand my life. I was raped by my dad. I got pregnant. had three abortions. I was addicted to meth. Now I'm... 25 and I got two kids by two different guys because my father messed me up. You don't understand. Now, first let me tell you, you don't have to experience what someone else experienced to be able to minister to them. So don't believe that lie. However, this app is going to allow you to put that profile in the app. You don't have to use the person's name, but you say girl who's been raped, crystal meth, three kids, whatever. And the app will send to her multiple testimonies of people who have experienced something just like that. And guess where those testimonies are coming from? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I ain't giving my testimony. Just relax. Relax with Janet, Janet Jackson. Okay, listen, listen, listen. listen. <laughs> We're going to teach you. The app actually is going to have the instructions right in the app to teach you how to share your testimony in two to three minutes. And you'll just say it right to the phone. It's going to log it and, and you're going to put your profile, we'll put a profile with your name and it's going to go in a database. And so if someone in Detroit has a friend just got out of prison or a friend that just got out of the hospital from cancer or dying from cancer, they're going to put the profile. We need someone who's has had cancer, female, mom of two kids, African-American, blah, 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 and it'll send videos from the, all the database of all the testimonies. Your story is going to lead someone to the Lord. You don't even know it. That app is going to be the bomb. That's why, amen, amen, amen. So you're going to say, well, I don't want my story out there. 
Yeah, some of y'all will have that kind of attitude. But my prayer is that you would get over yourself. And realize that what God is doing in your life is God's business. And that God wants to use his amazing work in your life to help somebody else. And that you would be okay with not being perfect. That people would realize you're just like everybody else. And so when you can get past that, guess what's also going to happen? You're going to be able to share your testimony in Starbucks, stand at the line, and someone's going to get saved right there. Can you imagine if all the people in our church led one person to the Lord a year? Guess what would happen? Now, we don't have no idea how many people really go to church here, but I guess it's 25 to 30,000 in a month. Imagine if all y'all gave your, led one person to the Lord a year, that 12,000 number that I showed you a few minutes ago is also in 25 and 30,000 just from that. That's just one a year. That has nothing to do with the app. That's just you talking to one person in one year, praying for one person, they get saved. Boom, 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 boom. So write in your notes. Look what it says. It says, I want you to write down three people, their names that you want to see get saved, that you know. Hopefully you know three people that are not saved. <laughs> I hope you do. Well, I'm a Christian. You know, I don't hang out with those people. Oh, please. You're too saved, okay? You can actually be way too saved. It's a, it's, a, it's a joke. When some people are so saved, everything is, oh, you know, you can't say anything that's not perfect. I don't want to be around anything. It's, it's called a Pharisee. So I want you to write down three names of people that you would pray for. And here's what I want you, I would challenge you to do. Pray for them every day. Don't complain about them. By the way, when non-Christians do what non-Christians do, it should not surprise you. They're supposed to do that. When someone lies to you, and they're not Christian. And I'm not saying all non-Christians should lie, even though Christians lie. Right? But if, if someone's saying, I don't want to believe in God, and I got my own rules, well, if their rule is lying, then okay. Doesn't make it right, but it shouldn't be a surprise to you. Write their names down and start praying for them. And then we'll talk about you sharing your faith with them. Amen? Are you all with me? Okay, uh, next one is May. I think we're in May. April, uh, Easter. I just want to write your name down if you would like to help us and volunteer for Easter. That's an easy one. And by the way, while you do that, I'm going to read something to you. In Mark chapter 5, there's a demon-possessed man who was healed, another demon-possessed man. And he asked Jesus after Jesus healed him, could he go with Jesus? And Jesus told him no. I don't want you coming with me. I want you going home. And here's what he said in Mark chapter 5, verse 19. He said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. How many of you can honestly say God has done great things for your life and has had compassion on your life? Amen. Can I get amen? amen. Then you need to be telling people that every day. You need to be telling people that because there are, I, I know I gotta, it's got to be true that all of you, no, it is true that all of you know people who need that same compassion. And they're looking for it over there. They're looking for it over there. They're looking for it in the bed. They're looking for it in the bottle. And you know what it is. And you're not telling them. Even if it's, hey, I don't know everything, but let me just tell you what Jesus did for me. And why don't you come to church with me? It's 
even if it's that for now, okay? So Easter, Easter's a great opportunity. It's coming, April 4th, I believe it is. Next one is May. May, oh, suck it, suck it now. We're gonna do a, we're gonna do a, 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 a series on healing. How many of you have someone in your life that they need to be healed of something? Raise your hand real high. Okay, it's cancer, broke leg, uh, 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 a virus, uh, emotional issues, feeling suicidal, blah, 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 blah. Amen? Uh, we're going to do a whole series on healing. What does that mean? We're going to talk about what Jesus taught about healing, how he healed, how we can learn to pray for people to be healed. There's no formula. There's no trick. It's just having the faith to ask. I, um, the first time I prayed for healing in this room, it was during altar call, and God gave me this vision of a leg. So during the altar call, I said, if you have a problem with your leg, raise your hand. All these people raised their hand. I said, well, in Jesus' name, may your leg be healed. And all these people's legs got healed. And all this other stuff got healed. Blah, 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 blah. We've had a lot of people healed over, over the last year. Can I get amen? Okay, so all these people got healed. And so I was telling this story, just like I'm telling it to you now, after the fact, at church. And a friend of mine, his name is Doug Ball, when he's a wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, number 89. Got Seahawks fans anywhere? Amen? Amen? So Doug Baldwin's watching online, which he may be right now. What's up, Doug, if you're watching? He, he was watching, and he's like, man, that healing stuff ain't, ain't real. Well, at the time, he was in the bed with a leg injury. And boom, God healed his leg. And he's like, oh, snap. And he's like laying in the bed. He's like, it feels better. So he gets out of the bed, and he, he's doing this next to his bed. Then he starts running in place next to his bed. He says, leg healed. So he, I get out of service. I look on Twitter, and he tweeted out, my leg just got healed. Pastor Miles was speaking. I was watching online. So I called him up. I said, Doug, what happened? He said, yo, man, you won't believe it. I said, yes, I will. Tell me. <laughs> he says, I was laying in bed. I had a leg injury. I've been doing rehab. I'm doing rehab. My leg hasn't been getting better. And all of a sudden, when you were saying that, I was like, I don't even believe that stuff. And my leg got healed. God, you know, God, sometimes God will take an unbelieving and go, you, what you, don't, don't doubt me. <laughs> Amen? So his leg got healed. Now, usually... Uh, I've only told the story maybe seven times, and most of the time when I tell the story, someone's leg is healed. So if you came in here or you're watching online and your leg, your ankle, somewhere, or anywhere in your body was hurt when you came in here, just now, I want you to just test it to see if it feels better right now. And we'll see if some, a guy's leg got healed last service. And just test it, touch it, move it, look at it, it's swollen down, whatever. And if you feel like my leg is better, raise your hand. We just want to know right now. Anybody? Anybody? You? You? What happened? <laughs> It feels better, huh? Amen. Amen. <laughs> now, you may be saying, I, I don't understand that. Neither do I. How many of you would love, how many of you would, I mean, I kind of understand a little better, but God does it. I didn't do it. Uh, how many of you would love to be able to pray for somebody and they get healed? Raise your hand real high. Great. You want me to tell you the biggest obstacle? The biggest obstacle is you being scared. That's it. Is you being scared and not believing in God. And if you want to practice before we get to the series in May, just when you see someone and, and you feel led to pray for them, just pray for them and don't worry about what happens. In other words, don't worry about being embarrassed because what you're praying for doesn't happen in front of you. If you can get past that, you're going to be good. Because it's not you doing it anyway. 
So the devil convinced you, don't do it. You're going to be embarrassed. They're going to laugh at you. What's going to happen? And you go, oh, yeah, I won't do it. Versus saying, oh, God, this is on you. And just ask him. Amen? Amen. God bless y'all. God bless you. Uh, May. Oh, I'm sorry. Write down in your notes, write down in your notes three people that you want to be healed. Your Uncle Boudreaux, he's got cancer in his knee. I don't even know if you can't have cancer in your knee. Uh, your Aunt Ethel. Whatever, just write down three names. And by the way, by you writing the names down is an act of faith. You writing the name is an act of faith in God. So when you get out of here, I want you to call them and see if God touched them. And they might go, you know, right around 1 o'clock, I heard a pop. (laughs) I feel feel like boogieing again. <laughs> September. In September, we hope, if everything goes right, to open up a, our fifth campus in City Heights. We have an amazing building back there. This is the Pearson Ford building on El Cajon Boulevard in the 15th Freeway, if you know that neighborhood. It is awesome. City, how, many of you, how many of you have been to City Heights? Raise your hand. Okay, so you know, City Heights is the most diverse community in the state of California. It has more immigrants that go there than anywhere in California. And it has 51 languages, 51, 54, something over 50, you know, different numbers. The high schools there have 50-plus languages. And, and it is a missionary dream because you can go and minister in Turkey. Two blocks over, you're in Somalia. Three blocks over, you're in Cambodia. Am I, am I telling the truth? I'm telling the truth. And so... What we're going to have is our our Impact 195, they're going to be ministering all over the world just by in City Heights. And then they can all come to church and we can minister to them all. Instead of us going to the world, which we still will, the world's going to come right to that building. And then we're going to go to their houses. So I want you to write down in the the notes, maybe you might want to go visit, uh, go minister there or have a ministry there. Just write down, hey, I'm interested in doing something in City Heights. It is the... um, uh, Biggest police station there. We just remodeled the rec room for the police station there. We have a great relationship with the police there. And it is the busiest police station, the most crime in that neighborhood in, in the city. Uh, it's going to be the most love in that city, in that neighborhood. Amen? Very excited about that. Uh, lastly, in December, we are going to have four Toys for Joy this year uh, in North County, East County, San Ysidro area, and Lincoln High School. So we have four Toys for Joy, and I want you to write your name down. You know, I want to volunteer for Toys for Joy. I want to give a a toy to a kid who may not have a Christmas, and I want to be there. I want to share my faith. I want to follow up with someone who just got saved. I want to be part of that amazing outreach that we're going to have all over San Diego. Amen? Amen. Lastly, it's back to January. This January, right this month, we're going to do a service, a series called To Be Determined. Everyone say To Be Determined. Because I could talk about, I could come up with ideas in my sleep, but what happens is going to be depend on what we do. It's how much we're involved, how much we're committed to it. And so uh, three things. One is are you involved in the ministry? Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Let me read it to you. God gave some to be prophets, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Our job is to equip you to do ministry. 
if I only did the evangelism, that 12,000 number would not be 12,000. They have more kids get saved in children's church than in here. Amen. Amen. And then they have a gang of people get saved on the street through the outreach ministries. But imagine if all of y'all were praying for people. Imagine if all of you and all the campuses, 20,000, 30,000 people, whatever it is that come on a, on a week and you add online, you know, I don't know what the number is. But imagine, let's say, let's say 30,000. Imagine if all 30,000 people led one person to the Lord a year. Just one. All of a sudden, that 12,000 number that we showed you happened this year, it would be 30. Almost triple, two and a half times. Imagine if all those 30,000 people just pray for one person to be healed. Well, I don't have to get the healing. One, you don't have to have to get the healing for God to use you. And two, you don't know what you have. Because you don't. God could just snap you right into something whenever he wants. But you don't have to have the gift of healing for God to use you to heal somebody. That is just, just not true. You don't have to have, have the gift of evangelism to lead someone to the Lord. You're supposed to share your faith anyway. The person who has the gift just happens to have a higher level of fruit and, and, and success rate. But that's, that's, that's the big difference. And to be able to teach it. Okay. So imagine if all of y'all pray for one person and they got healed. You can literally go out of this room right now and pray for somebody and God can heal them. No problem because he's doing it. Imagine if that. Can you imagine 30,000 people getting healed, 30,000 people getting saved? That's, that's, that would fill, almost fill Qualcomm Stadium just by you doing one. Now, we ain't going to talk about you doing two. And we ain't going to talk about when that one does one. <gasps> Have a heart attack. The devil has a heart attack. Amen. So I want you to write down in your notes, I do or do not volunteer at my current campus. If you do not volunteer, write I do not. If you do, write you do. Again, you're going to keep this piece of paper. And then next, tithe. I do or do not tithe. We're going to do a tithe challenge at the end of January and where we're going to challenge you to tithe for the whole year. How many of you in here, tithe is given 10%, that's how ministry is funded, how, pe- how the poor and people are taken care of. How many of you can honestly say God has blessed me financially in ways I cannot explain. It was absolutely miraculous how he blessed me. And, I'm not, and before you put your hands up, uh, I'm going to ask you, how many of you have had that happen more than one time? Raise your hand real high. Okay, very good, very good. I would bet you the rest of you, Either it happened and you didn't realize it. And you may say, well, I don't have any money to tithe. It may be because you're not tithing. Well, well, if I don't have any money to tithe, how do I tithe? Well, tithe with what you have. Because you're already broke, so you're just going to be a little more broke. (laughs) But if you're blessed and broke, then you become unbroke. Not for real. I'm telling you, because what's going to happen is you're like, Lord, I don't know what to do. God said, I want you to trust me. I want you to put a seed. And then all of a sudden, he blesses you over here, which we just asked all these people who God blessed, and then he gets you out of your hole. That's how it happens. And then all of a sudden, you're blessed. And, and matter of fact, I'll read this verse to you. You have more blessings than you can handle. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of your increase, so your bonds will be filled to plenty and your vats would overflow with new wine. You just got to trust him. Okay, so we're going to do that. Uh, so write down, I do or do not tithe. Write that down. Again, this is for your looking. And then lastly, we have a life class. For, for, it's like a membership class for people to get involved and know what The Rock is about. 
if you write down, I have or have not taken that class. I have or have not taken that class. You can register online. And that one of the things that life class will challenge you to do is to get into a life group, which is a home group, small group, very important. Are you with me? Is that clear? So here's the deal. The ball is coming. We're going to talk about healing. We're going to talk about sharing our faith. We're going to share our faith. We're going to talk about how we use our time, our talent, our treasure. We're going to be involved in ministry. And my challenge to you is that today, you don't need time to say this. this is, none of this is new. Your challenge is that I'm in. 2015, I'm going for it. And I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to ask all the campuses, if you're in, to stand up. My, my prayer is that all of you stand I'm in. And then I want to challenge you to come every week and let's be with it. Let's pay really close attention to what God is, how God is leading us and be faithful to it. Because if you think about the people in your life who don't know God, you think about the, about the people in your life who are sick, who are struggling, who have spiritual oppression that God could use you. You think about you being able to share your testimony to someone and gives hope to somebody today, I guarantee you, my, my opinion means what? But I think this is true. I know this is true. That every single one of you have multiple people in your life who are waiting for you to share your testimony with them. They want to know, why do you follow this Jesus? What has he done in your life? And some of them will get saved right there if they had the opportunity. They're waiting for you to tell them. And it will be a shame for you to be walking into heaven. I don't know if this is going to happen anyway. If you to be walking into heaven and they're walking into hell seeing you over there asking you how come you never told them. I don't know if it's going to happen that way, but that would be a shame. And we go, man, I, just, I live next to a Christian. I worked right next to a Christian. They told me about the rock. The rock's not going to save anybody. You got to tell them about Jesus. I ain't going to save anybody. You got to tell them about Jesus. So all that, hey, I love the church, that's all great and fine, but that's not going to save anybody. Tell them about Jesus. And you got to be able to say, blah, 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 bam. And on that app, I was just talking to a football player just now. He, he um, plays in NFL. When he was in college, he got charged with murder, went to jail, uh, anyway, he ended up beating it, but he was in jail two years, was out of college football for two or three years. And he ended up, and, and his girlfriend at the time was telling me this. I'm like, that brother ain't going to the NFL. That dude is done. That dude is in the NFL. God went, Woof! And when I was telling about the app, I, I saw him after service. He says, I have to tell my story. I, I mean, I, God, what God did in my life is so incredible. I have to tell. I know because there's going to be another kid who's going to be in jail, wrongly accused. And your story is going to give them hope. I'm telling you, every single one of you has a story that's going to give somebody hope. So we're going to pray right now. And, and here's my request is that you would say, I'm in. And I'm going to ask you to stand up to the test. And then we're going to take communion. Amen. And then by you saying you're in, you're going to take that piece of paper home. And you're going to say, okay, I'm, I'm in. I'm going to pray for this stuff. And I'm going to, I'm going to do this stuff. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Gracias, Señor, por su presencia en este lugar. Thank you for your presence in this place. Muchas gracias por su amor. Thank you for your love.
Lord, we pray that we will be unified. We need to be unified. You've given us a clear path, a clear vision for this year. And we know the devil's going to try to derail us. But we pray we stay unified and focused. As a church, you would use us in a mighty way. At the end, next January, when we review what has happened, we'd be able to give testimony that many more people got saved, many more people got healed, many more lives were transformed. Thank you for your faithfulness. As you listen to my voice, if you are saying, yes, I'm in, I'm ready to be challenged by God, I'm ready to be used by God, I'm ready for God to speak through me, heal through me, do whatever he wants. I know it's going to be scary, but I'm ready. If that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer with me, and then I'm going to ask you to stand. I just want you to pray, dear God, use me. I'm ready for the next level. I'm ready to go from going to church to being the church. From hearing about hope to talking about hope. Thank you for your faithfulness. As our eyes are closed and heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer and you're saying, I'm in, I'm going to ask you to stand at the count of three. I don't want you to worry about anybody else in this room. I just want you to worry about you and God. So if you prayed that prayer and you're saying, yes, Lord, I'm in, I want you to stand up at the count of three. One, two, three. Amen. 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 Let's give those people a hand. God bless you. Amen. 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 I want you stay, stay standing, please. I want you to look around the room. Just look around the room. Okay? Look around the room. You're not alone. I want, we need to hold each other accountable. Pray for each other. Because what's at stake is that there are many, 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 many more times people like this out there who the devil is destroying their life. They are experiencing what you were experiencing. And God can use you to help them. Amen? And when I was 19 years old in a department store, two or three hippies, Charles Manson looking dudes, walked up to me randomly and shared the gospel with me. That's how I got saved. Five years later, a football player on the team shared the gospel with me again. I recommitted my life. But I first heard the gospel. These dudes came up to me random and just shared the gospel with me and saw me maybe twice after that in their whole life. And that was it. They probably thought, whatever happened to that kid? This is what happened. You never know. That's not your business. Your business is to do what God calls you to do. But if you walk around like this all the time, it breaks my heart. So we're going to take this bread out. Take the bread out. I'm going to ask the PSTs to come forward. When Jesus was at the Last Supper, he took the bread and he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He was telling us, when you think about me, I want you to think about how I suffered for you. And I believe that we are most like Christ when we are suffering on behalf of somebody else. 
and making a sacrifice on behalf of somebody else that they may know the Father. That's what this is about. Lord, we take this bread acknowledging that you die for us. And Lord, this year we're going to die for you. This year we're going to die for you. In Jesus' name, amen. cup represents his sinless blood that was shed on the cross for us that we could be forgiven and that he would remember our sin no more. When I talk about doing cocaine, because God forgot that, he, the Bible says he remembers it no more, he says, and this is metaphorically speaking, he goes, I don't know what Miles is talking about. I don't remember him doing cocaine. Of course he does. Of course he knows. But he chooses to remember our sins no more. So when he looks at you, he doesn't see you as an ex this, an ex that, an ex this. He sees you as a righteous son and daughter. We have the problem seeing us as a righteous son and daughter. It's one of the reasons we don't pray for people to be healed because we don't think we, we deserve to have that happen. We're not good enough. You're not. It's him. So the devil tries to convince you not to pray, not to ask, not even to believe that God would bless you. Because you're not good enough. You're not. Just so tell the devil he's right. However, I'm not being blessed on my credit. I'm being blessed on his credit. And so when we take this, we're saying, Lord, man, thank you, God, for forgiving me. I talked to a girl recently, a very beautiful young lady, crying because she's convinced she's ugly. No matter what you tell her. Because he's lying to her. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes along with that. The devil's a liar. Lord, we want to follow you because you are the truth. You not only tell the truth, you are the truth. You are the way to life. So we take this cup acknowledging that we have been cleansed, forgiven. We are accepted. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I want to pray for all our campuses. This year. we would take it to another level and that there'd be more people getting saved we could ever track, more people getting healed we could ever track and that this city would be turned upside down and not only our church but churches all over San Diego would explode with people who are just seeking God that's our prayer in Jesus name in the nombre de Jesus Hijo de Dios. Amen. You may be seated for a second. Pastor Mark, is this brother a blessing to us?